Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbong. You know what? (laughs) This week's been kind of heavy, so I think we've earned some time to chill out and listen to some really delightful conversations about illustrated kids' books. In a bit, we'll hear from Daryl McDaniels, yes, the one from Run DMC, about his new kids' book, Daryl's Dream. But first, I'm not a dog person. Never had one growing up. Don't plan on getting one anytime soon. But it's always so fascinating to me when I hear dog people describe pets with a certain amount of accuracy. Perry is the one who would throw mud at your windows. He's naughty and funny and uh, brash and uh, and oh, he is very, very cautious, careful, doesn't want to get in trouble. And they all both still that way. That's Ian Falconer, writer and illustrator of the popular kids' book series Olivia, talking about the main characters of his latest book, Two Dogs, inspired by his sister's Dachshunds. And he talked to NPR's Elsa Chang about the deeper message of his book, which is that you know, there isn't one. You know, it's very simplified for children, but, it's, uh, but they both have the same personalities that they have in, in life. How did you land on this dog breed in the first place, Dachshunds? Why wiener dogs? Well, my, our family has always had them. Grandparents, great-grandparents, grandparents, parents, uncles. I love we're it. German, just like Scottish people always get Scotties and things <laughs> like that. When you were growing up, did your dachshunds get into a lot of trouble when you guys would leave the house? Oh, yes, frequently. <laughs> you know, emptying out the garbage onto the floor, getting... I remember once the, the two dogs, I got a ham off the counter and ate the entire ham and they were so sick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I'm imagining you cleaning up after them during walks for days and days. You know, when I was flipping through this book, some of the drawings, they look they look so realistic. Like um, there's this spread here of them uh, sort of running around the lawn, watering, watering in quotes, um, the flowers, playing by the pool. Did you start with photographs and sort of tweak the photographs and made them illustrations? Or how do they look so realistic? I made a whole model of the backyard oh. um, using artificial plants. And the the fence you see running about around the back is actually sushi mats. Oh, my God. Really? thought it would be fun to juxtapose the drawings with um, realistic stuff and try and get away with it. Yeah, it looks really cool. What do you want people to be left with as families gather to flip through the beautiful pages of this book? What thoughts do you want them to be having in their brains as they learn about Augie and Perry? I think just to enjoy them. There's no message in the book, except that they're friends in the end. They've done something together, and it's gotten them over their fighting. Not much more than that. Just meant to be fun. You know... (laughs) Also, this book, because we're returning to work these days, or a lot of people are, including myself, this book made me think that maybe I need to get a partner in crime for my dog, Mickey, because I do think he's going to be a lot lonelier these days um, as I'm gone. Well, they will. I've, yeah. I've read about that, that, that suddenly the, everybody's gone again. Uh, the parents are, the, the, and the kids are all gone again. They're out of the house. Yeah, exactly. But then I was thinking after reading your book and looking at all the funny illustrations of all these antics that Augie and Perry get into, I'm thinking, man, if I do get a buddy for Mickey while I go back to work, this book is warning me what could happen in my absence. (laughs) Don't worry, they're not that clever. Ian Falconer's new book is called Two Dogs. Thank you so much for being with us, Ian. 
Well, thank you. Daryl McDaniels, a.k.a. DMC, wrote a kid's book called Daryl's Dream, about a kid that is a lot like Daryl himself. And in this talk with Here and Now's Peter O'Dowd, they get to talking about his career and his struggles with alcoholism and depression and suicide. And McDaniels says this about writing a kid's book, that he wanted to address feelings you get when you're a kid, that if you don't tend to them or take care of them, can come back to haunt you once you've grown up. Remember this song? This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time is tricky. If you were around in the 1980s or if you're on TikTok now, you probably know that's Run DMC. They were named the greatest hip-hop group of all time by MTV in 2007. They were trailblazers in music and fashion. But DMC, or Daryl McDaniels, has moved on. He launched the comic book publishing imprint Daryl Makes Comics, and he recently published his first children's book. It's called Daryl's Dream. We've got lots to talk about with Daryl McDaniels, and he's here to do that. DMC, welcome to Here and Now. Thank you. It's good to be here and now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the star of your book here is a little boy, third grade. His name is Daryl. He's a poet. The kids at school, they bully him because he wants to sign up for the talent show. Yes. He's got chunky glasses. You know, he, he yep. kind of reminds me of you, Daryl McDaniels. Yeah, it, it is me. It is me. It's 100% <laughs> me, minus the poetry part. And, you, uh, that are you trying said, to tell me that DMC got bullied in school? I got bullied, teased, and picked on for a couple of things. Number one, I wore glasses. And before I started bragging about my glasses on records, when I was a kid, it was, hey, four eyes, hey, binoculars. Hey, telescope, like, it was the worst. I got teased, bullied, and picked on because I read comic books. And on top of the comic books and being a geek and a nerd, I was a straight-A student, always on the honor road. So everything that was good about me to these bullies and the knuckleheads, it seemed like I wasn't worth anything, I wasn't necessary, that didn't fit in, and I just wasn't the cool kid. Wow, you showed them, didn't you? Yes, I did. I remember all of them now. <laughs> you did have a tough start as a kid, though, didn't you? You were in foster care yeah. for a while, then adopted. Now, what was childhood yeah, yeah. like for you outside of school? I had the best parents ever. They didn't let me know I was adopted till I was 35 years old. But my home life was always good. Now, it's funny that you asked that question. The kids book basically came about because if you remember, Peter, when I first introduced myself to the world, everybody knew me from high school to where I graduated high school, went to St. John's University for a brief period. Then I hooked up with Run and Jay, and we hooked up with Aerosmith, and we walked this way in our Adidas to tell the world how tricky it is to rock a rhyme. But my first rap was, I'm DMC, in the place to be. I go to St. John's University, and since kindergarten, I acquired the knowledge. After 12th grade, I went straight to college. So everybody has known me from high school to St. John's till now, I realized that I was always able to utilize actual situations in my life, whether it's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens, or, you know, I'm even so powerful, I could diss McDonald's and make everybody smile about it. Son of Byford, brother of Al, banners my mother and runs my pal. It's McDaniels, not McDonald's. These rhymes are Daryl's. Those burgers are Ronald's. So, 
I realized, okay, if people know me from high school to St. John's to walk this way with Aerosmith, I could actually talk about Daryl when he was in kindergarten, Daryl when he was in first grade, second grade, but I don't have to do it on a song. Maybe if I put it in a book so that when the kids read it, it's in their scenarios. I'm just letting them know about the young DMC who's no different from any man, woman, boy or girl on the face of the earth. That was such a joyful answer to my question. Thank you very much. Now, it was great to hear your rhymes here on Zoom, but let's listen to a recorded single, okay? This is from 1983, your first. Run DMC, along with DJ Run, you and Jam Master J, you guys were so popular. What made you so good? When you saw Run DMC and Jam Master J, you didn't see celebrity. It was something that could relate to everybody. It was school, it was family. And even if we talked about crime and poverty, one of the things that we never did, we never told anybody, you're wrong for being in a gang or you're wrong for stealing and lying. We showed them the alternatives and the options so that they could tap into their own greatness. So in the process of doing that, you get a yep. lot of credit in your career for shaping music, for actually shaping popular culture. And everyone who knows Run DMC knows this song, which you've already mentioned. You covered it with Aerosmith in 1986. Let's listen. Okay, so thank you for bringing me back to my childhood here. But it, it and it didn't maybe uh-huh. seem like such a big deal at the time. But by yeah. blending rock and rap in a song like that, you were on to something. What do you think the impact of that song has been? I travel the world, and the impact is this: people from South Sudan, Africa to Moscow, Russia to Japan to Israel say, "Daryl." When Steven Tyler took that microphone and knocked down the wall that was separating y'all in that video, that didn't just happen in the video or the record. It happened in the world. We literally and figuratively knocked out all the walls that were separating us because we had all these misconceptions. Oh, only black people do hip hop and white people do rock and roll. Once Aerosmith connected with our generation to hip hop, it opened up the rainbow for all the generations to follow. I mean, we changed fashion, we changed music, and we changed the way pop culture looks at and respects each other. I'm sitting here listening to your outlook on life, which is uplifting, and it's almost hard for me to believe that in 2017 you wrote a memoir called Ten Ways Not to Commit Suicide. Can you tell me about your struggle with depression and addiction? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. You go through life with all these fears, anxieties, and thoughts of, am I good enough? What should I be doing? Am I supposed to be doing this? Which is normal for anybody in the face of the world. But a lot of times, We allow guilt and shame to bring on a lot of pain. So for me, outside of all my, you know, great achievements, I woke up one day with feeling like there was this void in me. 
You were rich. You were famous. You were DMC. Yes. How, how is that possible? Yes, but that, that look, rich and famous, and then does nothing if you don't feel good about who you are, what you are, and the things that you want to do. So what you start doing is you start doing unhealthy behaviors and practices, which you think is allowing to get you through this turmoil or get you through this depression. You start turning to things outside of you. My thing was alcohol. So on 1993 to 2004, I was an alcoholic, suicidal, metaphysical wreck, drinking myself to death, wanting to commit suicide. But it was until I went to rehab to stop drinking when I discovered the most powerful thing. I discovered this thing Peter called therapy. And it allowed me to admit I'm scared. I'm vulnerable. (laughs) I'm weak. And it felt so good. I went in there and confessed all my weakness and fears. And I walked out of there like the incredible Hulk. Are you saying, though, that that you no longer suffer from those questions about yourself and your fears and your anxiety that you no longer have have suicidal thoughts? No, I don't have suicidal thoughts, but I still get those feelings. But I don't allow those things to tell me I'm not worthy, I shouldn't be here, or there's no way I could get through this. If you spend every day acknowledging your feelings, you'll discover the people, place, or thing causing them. And here's one of my most famous rhymes. If you remove guilt and shame, you remove the pain. So you Mm -hmm. go through life. And one of the important things about my kids' book is it's addressing feelings that these kids have when they're at that age, that if they never address them, that same anxiety that had you scared of going to fifth grade class will come back to haunt you when you're that doctor in that operating room or when you got to wake up the next morning and go to work. So I'm listening to that rhyme you just shared with us, and I'm also thinking about the book that you just wrote. You're a man of many talents. Are you at the point where you're starting to think about your legacy? No, that's the farthest. That's why I don't have no anxiety no more. I don't care about the results. What what happened to me in my career, you get gold records, you get hit movies, you get touchdowns and stuff like that. And then people start telling you, you need something. They go, you need money. They go, you need to be on the charts. You need to be champion. No, all you need is to be happy about what you are doing. I'm at a point in my life where I realize a lot of the things that we worry about is just that, things that we worry about. Let me not worry about the result. Let me not worry about where I'm going to go. Let me just think about what I want to do. Daryl McDaniels, the new book for kids is Daryl's Dream. DMC, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And DMC will do a virtual reading of Daryl's dream tomorrow. You can participate. We're going to tell you how to do that at hereandnow.org. And that's it for this week on NPR's Book of the Day. If you want more, you can sign up for our newsletter at npr.org slash newsletter slash books. I'm Andrew Limbong. The podcast was produced by Miranda Mazariegos and Nina Rao with help from Mason Tran and edited by Megan Sullivan. 
Our founding editor is Petra Mayer. The show Elements for this week were produced and edited by Ashley Lizenby, Melissa Gray, Emiko Tamagawa, Todd Munt, Andrew Craig, Liam McBain, Barton Girdwood, Mallory Yu, and Justine Kennan. Beth Donovan is our managing editor. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.